As we gather today, I, ha- I do have to share the, one of the first thoughts besides, oh, thank God it's Christmas, was uh, the uh, line in how the Grinch stole Christmas. And his heart grew three sizes that day. And the first thing I thought as I called that to mind is, that sounds like a very serious medical condition. <laughs> so that's where my mind is today. But uh, it's, it's getting more pious thoughts as, as I go. But as I keep trying to point out, the church or the evangelists, when they use words, especially adverbs and adjectives, they want us to kind of pay attention to them, to reflect on them. Well, what is this? And, and we just, in our psalm response, have an ad, ad, adverb as a win that we so often might overlook. It's an adverb we hear at Easter and Christmas. And it's an adverb that makes what happened in the past now. And it, remember, it, it reminds us that what happened is a now. For us is born today a Savior. Yes, it occurred some 2,000 years ago, 2021 or two or three, something like that, scholars tell us. Whenever, but it was over 2,000 years ago. But it's this day that, that his birth has power, has influence this day. And so while we hear that nativity story according to St. Luke last night at the Mass at, at night and this morning, the continuation of it, it's so often for us, so easy for us just to say, well, that's a quaint story that happened and, and forget that it has power, effect, impact yet. And what we celebrate is not just a birth, but the beginning of something profound. Oh, it had begun in reality nine months before with the uh, beginning of the incarnation at the Annunciation. But now Christ revealed, born for us. How magnificent that is. But if his birth doesn't have meaning for us today, nothing has meaning. As we gathered last night, we heard of the, uh, the birth and, and uh, heat bursting bubbles or, or whatever. We have this pious uh, imagination that imagines uh, Joseph and Mary running from inn to inn in Bethlehem and trying to seek lodging. There's no lodging, and, and there's a problem with that, and that is, very simply, Bethlehem was a very, very, very small town. Most likely wasn't too much bigger than maybe Ghent you want to imagine Ghent. I use that purposely because Ghent uh, is about as far from us here in Minneota or as far from Marshall as Jerusalem is to Bethlehem. It's about six miles. Bethlehem was a small town, most likely did not have an inn. And the word that St. Luke uses that is translated in so often is only used in two places in St. Luke. It's in, in the Nativity story, and it is, again, in another place at the Last Supper. And it's more properly understood, perhaps, as the guest room. In a family home, the guest room, where the guests would stay. And I find that even more disturbing and haunting it wasn't businesses that turned 
the Holy Family way. It wasn't businesses that lacked the room for the Holy Family. It was the family, the family that St. Joseph knew. They didn't have space for the Holy Family. Perhaps they simply didn't have space because we know uh, giving birth is a rather intimate and, and private affair. Maybe that's why they only had the place of the stable, a cave in Bethlehem. But all the same, how the family didn't have room. And I think that's an invitation for us to reflect. Does our family have room for the Lord? Does our family have room for Jesus Christ to be born in our midst this day? If not, we better, better pray that we can find that space. Maybe at least in the caves of our hearts and our homes. But then we hear of the angels uh, singing in festal array to the lowest of the low. The shepherds pointed out, Pope Francis reminded us shortly after he was elected that uh, we as pastors need to take the smell of the sheep. And he's reminding us in, in that that the sheep don't always smell so good. They don't always smell like grass. They smell like exhausted grass. Let's just leave it at that. Shepherds, because of that smell, because they did literally take on the smell of the sheep, because often they were uneducated, were the lowest of the low. They were looked down upon. They didn't have time to study Torah. They may have reflected on uh, what the, the pieces that they heard and memorized uh, throughout their travels with their sheep, but they didn't have time to sit in, in the synagogues and, and uh, to sit in the, the schools and learn and study and memorize. And yet, it was to precisely these. It wasn't to the others in the town, the innkeepers, if there were, or the, the merchants, the sellers. It wasn't to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the teachers. It certainly wasn't to the king, the puppet king perhaps, but king all the same, appointed by Rome. It was to the shepherds. And the first words of the angels is, be not afraid. And as I, like I said, I'm getting a little bit more pious thoughts as, as I go along, but as Deacon Bruce was reading the gospel passage this morning, couldn't help but think, the first words of the, to the, of the angels is, do not be afraid. And yet, how afraid I would have been had I seen even one angel, much less a host of angels. And they're singing and they're inviting the shepherds to go to Bethlehem. This is a sign for you, a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, laid in a manger. This is an odd place for a baby. A manger is a food trough. And they say, let us go and see. They do not have fear at all. And so many uh, pious movies and, and wonderful movies depict them running to the, to the stable to the manger, peering in with amazement, seeing all that had been foretold to them by the angels, and going away amazed, and going away telling everyone. They understood that this child born for them 
gives peace. We heard it last night at the, during the gospel passage, and we already sang it, whether we realize it or not. Every time we sing the Gloria, we sing that part of that angelic reading. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill, or peace to people on whom God's favor rests. Peace to those who do God's will, who seek his will. It's to the poor, to the lowly, as much as it is to the rich and the mighty. God's God's will is for all of us. God's desire is for all of us to know his peace. And yet we so often turn and look at the world and have that peace robbed from us. If you remember back, or if you were here uh, about four weeks ago on the first Sunday of Advent, I shared how St. Luke is very careful to give us details that situate Jesus Christ in a real place and time. And there's, there's good reason for that, to help us realize the reality of who Jesus Christ is, that Jesus Christ really did enter time and space. But not only that, but uh, for those that are familiar with history, it was the Pax Romani, the peace of Rome at the time. They were in the middle of it, where Rome had established roads and communication systems. And we call it peace, but it really wasn't peace. And also often the people might, might have said, well, yeah, this relative peace, we don't have any major wars, we have uh, travel and infrastructure and all these things. But I find myself reflecting and reflecting even more and more, and this is not necessarily a political point as much as a religious point. But if we keep looking at the government, if we keep looking at the world, if we keep looking at things outside of ourselves for peace, we're never going to find peace. Because peace doesn't come from there. And while the last 21 months have been hard for so many people, this virus and the economy and uh, the, uh, the fear that goes along with all of that, with the division, and the, the, I, I really am convinced it's a false division of racism. I'm not so convinced we're as racist as everyone says we are as Americans. Or certainly there's no room for racism in the church among her members. Of all the division and all the harm and all the, all the violence and destruction, of all of it, if that's where we look for peace, we're never going to have peace. But if we look in the manger, if we peer in like the shepherds, we find true and lasting peace. Peace that does not just stay in the past, but a peace that is born for us this day, carried in our hearts, because we found a place for him. Found a place for him in our lives, in our hearts, in our families. And with that, we make it known. This morning as we gather, we're the shepherds. We might not smell like the sheep, thank God. We might not even know anything about sheep, the hills, the valleys. But we are like the shepherds, meaning that we take the lowest of the low and how God has exalted us by letting us know that today is born for us a Savior. And we, like the shepherds, then need to return to our lives, glorifying and praising God, telling others what is done for us this day.